When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. into real estate initially was via divorce. Uh, unfortunately, I had the Guinness Book of World Records worst divorce, and I had to redefine how I would uh, enter my, re-enter the business world and how it would take care of my family. And so real estate was a wonderful fit for me. One, 
they need the opportunity to really manage my time and still be very present in my family, which was extremely important to me, Anne-Marie, as a single parent. Uh, so with that, I grew the business. And the more I grew the business, I ran into more and more women who were from my particular background, divorced women who were re-entering life and the workplace mm -hmm. and needed a, a set of skills, if you will, to make all of that happen. If you've had the misfortune of going through a divorce, you know that money is a lot of times at the, the top of the food chain for a single parent. It was important to me to teach women how to, one, maintain dignity in their standards of living, but also have the opportunity to be very present in their personal lives mm -hmm. as well as in the lives of their children. And so that's how my real estate uh, firm was really born out of my own necessity and meeting the needs of other women. Well, over the discourse of meeting these women, of course, I'm having these sidebar coffee chat uh, discussions about really empowering yourself from the inside out and what that looks like. And once you've gone through a divorce, you have to redefine how you see yourself, your beauty, your leadership, your paradigm, how you see society, how society sees you. And so out of that came uh, The Roar of a Woman, which is the book that I recently wrote. So that kind of, it's been that matriculation, that walk with God, if you will, mm. as he's redefining me and I'm learning the process of, of evolution, the evolution of this woman, mm -hmm. I'm sharing that story with the world. And I'm finding out, Anne-Marie, it really resonates. So whether you're divorced or not, uh, wherever you find yourself, you're constantly evolving. So the 20-year-old woman entering the world, fresh and new and green behind the ears, mm -hmm. she's still evolving. That 30-something-year-old woman who is a mom or not, or, you know, she's deciding where the next phase of her career will be, she's evolving. If she's like me, she's the 40-something-year-old woman who, uh, who has gone through life and, and had some challenges, some certainly some peaks, certainly some valleys, but still in the game and still writing the story. She's evolving. So let's look at the empty nester who is 50, 60 years old. She's now defining how she sees herself now going into her golden years. So this story resonates with women regardless of where we find ourselves in life. And that's, uh, I think that's only an act of God. That's only something God can do. Mm -hmm. Take one incident, but make it relevant to women generationally, culturally, yeah. uh, economically, socially. Uh, only, only God can do something like that. But he can when we give him the story and give him the narrative, right? Oh, beautiful. And I think what you're saying there is something that I've heard a number of our guests share, that it was an event and a real challenging event and traumatic for yeah. you know many people that really had them question, you know, who am I? What am I going to yeah. do moving forward? And it's in that, you know, harnessing his strength, leaning in and uh, allowing yeah. him to build the strength that not only you needed to catapult you into the next season of your life and your business, but now going full circle and supporting, empowering, teaching other women who are in similar yes, situations yes. that, hey, you know what, this isn't the end. This is actually just the beginning of a new evolution. Yes. And here are the steps Absolutely. that um, that we need. And sometimes we need those people who have gone before to hold that flag up, don't we, to say, you know what, it's not impossible. Yes. And in fact, 
here are some of yeah. the things that I did that worked for me that you can support too yeah. and we can be empowered by that. When we're going through that situation ourselves, Geraldine, you were probably like this too. It was like, oh, you know, why me? But then later on we realised yeah. that's how significantly he was holding it in us in the palm of his hand and we were loved, yeah. supported and, and we needed everything that we needed to, to, to move through. Let's talk then about how to be authentically you with clients and governing in a business that honours him and is authentic. That can be really difficult um, in society yeah. today with many people not recognising just how awesome God is, yeah? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Being authentically you in the workplace is something that you really have to develop. I would say it begins with, one, knowing who he is, knowing who he is in you, and then moving from that place. And it's having the confidence to do that. I'm going to say something very controversial, mm -hmm. um, but it is my truth. I find that everyone is afraid to come out of the closet except Christians. Mm -hmm. I was just saying that to the, uh, the other day. I'm coming out of the closet, <laughs> and I'm bringing lots of other people with me. <laughs> you know? Everyone comes out of the closet except Christians. And I think we need to change that paradigm. We are so afraid of offending the culture that we offend God. We're so afraid of offending the culture that we don't lean in authentically into his, his power, his presence, his leading. Um, and I think we do ourselves and those around us a, dis, a disservice there. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm finding out is that we wear our faith just like we wear our personality. You just are. It just is. And you do that. And it's about, for me, disarming mm -hmm. the folks who are around me. Because certainly in the, in the business world, faith can, can be a very taboo uh, place to, to matriculate a discussion into. Mm -hmm. But what I'm finding out is that if we present God as he's with me, he's just, he, it just is. You meet charity, you're meeting God in charity, mm. you know. And it's not like you have to go and go through some ceremonial ritual before we can have a discussion or before we can talk about, let's talk about the numbers. Do you not think God is concerned with your numbers? He talks a lot about that in the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's really disarming people and taking the mysticism out of God, leaving him holy, leaving him elevated, mm -hmm. but making sure that he's accessible. And I think that's what really being authentic in the marketplace is, making God accessible with me. Mm -hmm. Talk yes. to me. Uh, you, you know, engage me. And I will, to the best of my ability, connect you with God in me. Mm -hmm. And just like you're not afraid to approach me, don't be afraid to approach God. You know, and I think, too, um, it, it's about really becoming comfortable with oneself mm -hmm. when it gets to business. You know, for so many years, what I have understood and what I've witnessed is that we women have put on a pseudo-personality in order to be in business. Uh, we put on the pinstripe blue suit with the white shirt, and we put on this persona that's very cold and very aloof and w very withdrawn because we want it to be respected and we want it to be powerful and we wanted our voices and our opinions to be heard, but we didn't think that that would be valued enough to allow us to be authentic. Mm -hmm. And so we put on this pseudo persona that we presented to the world, and be because of that, we weren't bringing God with us. God is brilliant. This is what I've learned, Emily. God is brilliant. 
He had the capacity to equip and make me, to make you with all of our diversities, but with all of our similarities. It's genius the way he's orchestrated our lives and our story. Why would we then take something as brilliant and as authentic and as pure and as wonderful as that and now diminish it by putting on a mask that is not authentic or accessible or true? I believe God was brilliant when he made me. He did something brilliant. He made me. He did something very brilliant when he conceived and he made you. Bring that brilliance together in the marketplace and allow people to touch the brilliance of God in you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, when we when we think about it like that um, and we also look at what you were saying where we put on masks and we hide half of ourselves, you know, the, the, the majority of ourselves that, that can really connect with people, I think then that that diminishes our identity. And, and I know that look, if I look back through my life, it was a, it was the times where I did doubt myself. And we have an enemy that wants to distract and deter us and discourage us from the destiny that God has for us. So we need to be aware of that. And when we're looking at our identity and what the world or what we think the world wants us to be or what we want to say, we then diminish that, and it builds in us that that um, it takes away that the confidence. And once we have that assured assured of uh, who we are the gifts and the talents, we align that with our mission, that even if people do say things, and there will be some people, sadly, who do say that they just don't get it, but you know what? They're probably not your ideal client. And who knows? The Holy Spirit may be working in their lives and it may just take a little bit longer. But I think what you're saying is so important because then just our actions and our interactions, um, our conversations, we don't even have to, to bring up you know anything unless someone says what is it about you every time a crisis occurs you are calm you bring forward some ideas where everyone's panicking it you then have an opportunity to feel well i submitting it to prayer you know inside and that comes and that's the kind of thing that you're saying can really make a significant impact that stands out yeah and one thing i want to add to that yes absolutely but one thing i want to add to that too is when we put on that persona we then start to act insecure because we, this is not us. And so now if I'm insecure and I'm second guessing myself, I'm not able to give my client the best of me, the best of my, my service, my intellect, my, my experience, because I'm constantly making sure that I'm balancing the mask instead of being authentic and in the moment. There have been times, Anne-Marie, when I've been in a situation that w- had a sticky negotiation mm-hmm. attached to it, and uh, I needed to, it, it's kind of like Jesus, you know, when he finds the woman who was caught in adultery, mm-hmm. and the, the uh, Pharisees are saying, stone her, stone her, and he knows that the law has been broken, he says, wait a minute, I need to be able to negotiate this properly, let me pray. He who is without sin cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. So now he doesn't have to deal with the woman, and he's not necessarily dealing with the Pharisees. He's allowing this, he's walking that sticky situation. There have been times when I've been in situations where I cannot alienate my client, and I certainly can't uh, alienate the situation. What do I do for the best outcome? I have to pull on. I have to engage Holy Spirit to give me wisdom because I don't have all wisdom. I have experiences, Mm -hmm. but I don't have all wisdom. So when we engage Holy Spirit in our business, we're able then to give the best outcome 
in a, a potentially sticky situation. I would hate to think that I go into these situations, Anne Marie, and I don't have help. I need to be able to pull on an infinite source of information, an infinite source of wisdom at all times. And by doing that, I can give my client the best outcome possible. So I would say, why not do, do business uh, with Holy Spirit? Why not pray? Why not engage him uh, to give us the best outcome? Mm -hmm. So I, I think, yeah, you know, if you want to give the best experience to your client, invite somebody in who knows what's best for the client. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> One of my uh, guests works with executives, and some of the people that she works with, her clients, are not Christians. But mm -hmm. the reason they hired her and ended up hiring her and, and using her services was because of that. And they could sense yes. that there was an element that was quite unique and quite special. And I think, you know, for many Christians, we don't realize that there is, as you just said, there's an infinite source of wisdom there. We need to lean in and be guided by that. And, yes. you know, unless we ask and seek him first, he's not going to be answering. So how many unanswered prayers are there that are just sitting there waiting because we've never taken the time to step back, realize just how much if we have faith and we do not doubt. I mean, just yesterday I was uh, reading a few scriptures uh, during church and you know sometimes you dive in and there's things that just pop out at you and think I've read this passage yeah. so many times over my life um, and I've yeah. not yet seen it but it just impacted and that's what happens and there are things that can occur that we never from a human perspective could have thought of come up with considered uh, where we're not partnering and aligning uh, with him. Let's talk about he is the author and finisher of our faith and our joy to retain focus and keep priorities in order. As entrepreneurs and business owners, distraction, the shining object syndrome and all of that can really undermine <laughs> our moving forward in a clear directed pathway, yeah? Yes, absolutely. And we really have to, again, you know, in the business and the secular world, we say focus is everything, focus, vision, determination, all of those elements. But how do you execute those? How do you know what to focus on? Uh, scripture tells us clearly to keep our eyes on him. Uh, and what is, I believe it's Proverbs 3, in all your ways acknowledge him. He directs the path. He has the narrative. And it's not to say that we're not engaged and we're not responsible for the narrative. But ultimately, we depend upon him for the narrative. And when you do that, you're less likely to have shiny object syndrome. You're less likely to go. Because this is what I've learned, Anne-Marie. All the time, the shiniest thing or the, the good thing is not always the ordained thing or the best thing or the God thing. And so it's so important uh, while we're in business, particularly for women, let me speak to that, that we really have that that core that keeps us grounded and keeps us focused because we uh, well let me just say uh, I've seen so many times where women compare themselves they compare their successes to their counterparts successes well if I could just get another deal or if I would maybe try this marketing strategy or try that marketing strategy maybe I should just rebrand myself and I'll go with this and I'll go with that and none of it ever worked because it was not what was for you it wasn't your thing. It wasn't your ordained thing. It wasn't good for you. And so when we trust, one, our experience, our history, our knowledge, 
and we trust what the Father has said about us specifically, it helps us to stay grounded and focused and on our path and on our, our journey. And we do him a disservice by jumping ship and doing something else. Mm-hmm. There's somebody out there that's waiting for us to finish the story, to do the thing, to, to be who he's called us to be so that they can in turn be who they're, they're called to be. Mm-hmm. It's, we're, it's tied that way. And, and it's like a well-oiled machine. When you know where you're supposed to operate and you operate poorly there, you're a blessing. You're successful. You're profitable there. But it's when you take your focus off and you have a million things that you're looking at and you're trying to pursue them all without hearing the voice of the Father, you want expelled all of your, your, your energy. Your time is wasted. Your money is wasted. I'll even say your genius is wasted because you're not pursuing what your genius is supposed to pursue. And so I would say, um, really dial that back. And, and we've heard this colloquialism for so long. When you do what you love to do, you're not working. Mm-hmm. I'll take that a step further. When you're doing what you're called to do, you're not working. Mm-hmm. You're not working. Yes. So that's, I, that's what I would say about the whole focus issue. Yeah, it's so, so true. Yeah. And, you know, the comparison aspect of things, I mean, when you get and, and everything that you had shared earlier about really understanding who you are uniquely him he has he rooted you in your you know when you're in your mother's womb the the the, the, the uniqueness that what I call your inner brilliance that you really need to shine out and, and yeah. be the voice for out in the world when you start to recognize that you can actually celebrate look at other people who are doing amazing incredible things and celebrate alongside them yes. rather than it, rather than have it distract you and feel you uh, feel that you're diminishing your successes because I think each and every one of us have unique gifts and, and talents and yes. you know collaboratively we can make an even bigger I- impact but I think that that's that's a point and I mean I used to compare all the time too and used to even not want to scroll through Facebook and and Instagram because yes. it was like oh you know the, the ticket girl I'm not doing enough yeah. I need to do more and more which is more from that scarcity yeah. anxious and it's like no 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 you know just stick in your lane where you've been gifted and where God has you yeah. and uh, things then can just uh, happen. Let's talk about management and leadership are not synonymous, you say. There is a call to okay. develop the next generation of voices, which is important too, isn't it? It is. Um, I, I honestly believe that um, we have misunderstood what leadership is and what the Father really ordained and predestined uh, leadership to be. We've turned it into management. Management isn't the same thing. Here's what I mean by that. Management is really kind of uh, overseeing a set of activities on a day-to-day basis. It's a system of getting things done. Leadership, on the other hand, is very different. Leadership is developing the core, the voice, the integrity, the uh, position and the repositioning of a thing. Um, I believe that we as entrepreneurs, there are some of us, who are called to be managers, and that's that's great. You need that. But, Anne-Marie, I believe in all my heart, there are some of us who are called to not only leadership but to develop leaders, the next force or the next generation of people who will push um, Christian business, Christian ethics, uh, paradigms forward. There are folks who are specifically placed in the earth to ensure that the will of God is done in a particular industry. You can't do that in management. That's leadership development. 
And I have the belief that as we are matriculating on our own journey, we should always be looking at our successor. And that's one of the, the components, the speaking components that uh, I give that tend to really frustrate people <laughs> when I give a keynote or a, a conference speech of some kind. It frustrates their paradigm because my, my philosophy is, is that I should have already looked at my life, Anne-Marie, and prayed about my life 5, 10, 15 years down the road. I should be engaging the Father at all times. What's my next step? What's the next plateau? What's the next industry, the next genre? With that kind of paradigm and forward thinking for my life, I should be already identifying my successor. There is someone that is called to occupy the space that I'm currently occupying, mm -hmm. and I got to move on and get out of the way so they can be who God ordained mm -hmm. them to be. Mm -hmm. If I stay too long in a place and I become stagnant and stale and irrelevant, and obsolete and antiquated in my thinking, I am now prohibiting somebody else from getting to this particular place where I occupy to be and explore all that God has ordained them to be. So I'm not only getting in trouble with not being who God wants me to be authentically, but now I'm hindering somebody else being who God wants them to be authentically because I've gotten comfortable and slothful and slowful. God forbid on our watch. I believe that we should be making space for the next generation. And I've, I've had the misfortune, and I, well, I'll say the fortune because it was a, a, lead, uh, a learning opportunity in the church world, world as well as in the corporate world where um, I've had leaders who did not understand that. Mm -hmm. And they see a, a whippersnapper like me coming up in the ranks or someone with my, you know, I'm just using me as an example. Mm -hmm. And instead of embracing that and saying, okay, that's my indication that I need to be moving on. There's something else bigger for me. Mm -hmm. If she's saying what I'm saying, and if she's doing what I'm doing, then what is the father calling me to do? Because it sounds like somebody may be coming to occupy this space. Mm -hmm. So let me now go and engage God about what my next step is. Yeah. But unfortunately, they didn't see that. And instead, they saw it as a threat. And they now put a ceiling on their own growth mm -hmm. and put a ceiling on mine as well. God forbid. Mm -hmm. uh, I think God is so vast and so awesome and so huge and so infinite, Anne-Marie, mm -hmm. that if I see someone coming up in the ranks who is more brilliant about a situation or an opportunity than I am right now, if they're more brilliant here, mm -hmm. if they're more excellent here, if they're more versed here, then that means that more than likely is my replacement. So while they may have the, the experience, I have the wisdom. Yeah, I like that. You when know, you couple that experience with the wisdom, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, so I need to get out of the way and go to the next frontier. Yeah. And you know what I love about that when you're th thinking of it in the context of your business, it, you really yeah. want to identify those key players because if you can um, empower and, and lead them to take over various aspects of your role that you are doing, I think fantastic, and I'm actually in that place now. And it's it is scary. Let's face it, because there are things now that I'm I'm not really putting anything or, or learning or anything. It's I have to just hand it over and trust that that person, because she's been mentored or he's been mentored to be able to take that over, that I don't even have to worry, because that is just not the best 
use of my time. And if we begin to micromanage, as you say, we limit our own potential as well as the potential yes. of others. And what can often happen, sadly, is that these two people who are also destined to really contribute to the growth of your business end up leaving yes. because they are, yes. you know, um, being um, put into a, a box which they doesn't allow them to grow. So I think... Yeah, as leaders then we need to look at ourselves. What are we telling ourselves that's incorrect that is stopping us from prevent uh, from preventing us from allowing them to, to move and, and grow? Oh, it's been such and an I experience. Say yeah, go. yeah. One quick thing before we go. When we do that though, and when we make that 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 barrier, mm -hmm. Emily, sadly, not only do they leave, but let's just face it, our business becomes less profitable. We diminish. The organization begins to dry up and wither. The organization is a living organism. Mm -hmm. It has to be fed life continually. And the only way that happens is if the people who are around us are continuing to grow as we grow. Yeah. That was the one point I wanted oh, to make. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, the whole team um, development is a, and leadership and so forth is a, a whole other topic. We'd love maybe to have you back and, and we'll dive into that. I remember years ago, yeah, I, I came a couple of decades I had in the career industry so working with uh, executives and professionals and in climbing the corporate ladder and I would write a lot of articles about finding your passion work how many people get up on a Monday morning complaining and uh, at work yeah. in a role that they it just does not suit them and I would write articles about finding your purpose and your passion and so forth and I remember after about eight to 12 months I think it was she emailed me and she said you know I've been posting all of these articles that you've been writing, I've been reading them. She said, I realise I'm not living my passion. So she handed in her notice. <laughs> and so the next um, assistant, I said, as a joke, I said, now here are the articles. Don't read them. Don't read them. <laughs> but, but it's true, isn't it? I mean, your words and, you know, what you are here called to do on, uh, in the world uh, impacts people. And she took the next step. And it was a lesson that I need to diversify and train a number of people up, which, again, is a whole other uh, leadership um, topic. But it is true. We just empower. And, and had I boxed her in, she would not have been able to grow and, and do things that really connected her with her wider group. So what I was going to say, this is a fantastic topic. We've only just scratched the surface. Charity, if people are listening today and they really can see that there's aspects that they have been struggling with, maybe comparison, maybe as leaders they have been restricting the growth uh, of their team. How would they get in contact with you? What's the best way? The best way to contact <coughs> pardon me, is a couple of ways. Uh, go to the website, charity.com or mogullife.com. Uh, I'm all over social media. You can inbox me, find me uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. Follow me, inbox me. I'm very personable. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also email me. I'm going to go out on a limb and give out my personal email address. KMF, kangaroo, Mary Frank, uh, underscore business and realty at live.com. I speak with leaders all the time who come in and we have these chats about um, organizational restructuring mm -hmm. and what that really looks like. And we have to have some of these discussions. I'm open to doing that. And um, I would be honored. So Fantastic. reach out to me, social media websites or the email address. Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much. And we'll put all of the, the links and the connections there on our show notes on businessentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash TCE61. Um, Charity, one of the things that I'm doing for all of my guests is just finishing up the show with a word of prayer. May I do that for you today? Oh, I would be honored. Thank you. 
Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak about some key topics, some key topics with Charity today, and uh, allow her to, to really bring a voice to something that all of us as Christian uh, entrepreneurs and even entrepreneurs uh, need to be reminded of. Father, as we said, we live in a world, many people who don't know you, they don't know just how loving and how gracious God you are. And, you know, if we can, through our interactions, our conversations, and just how we show up each and every day in our work and the way that we approach and our attitude towards others, if we shine the love that Jesus shone when he was here on earth, that could just be the difference that it needs to take for someone to say, you know, who is this, and open up that conversation. Father God, we just want to pray for your continued blessing and favor on Charity and her team and the work that she continues to do. Father, um, you know, as we said, there are so many fantastic things that she spoke about today that can really underpin when we bring you into our, into our work, into our business, and into our lives, can really feast the incredible miraculous things that, uh, that, that you have in store for us. Father, we also pray for those who are watching today, who are listening today, that uh, you'd stir their hearts. We pray that you'd start to encourage them to reach out to Charity and uh, find out more about how that she can support uh, them in their work in creating kingdom businesses. We ask this in your precious name, Jesus. Again, your invitation is open. This is a daily show, Charity, a platform for incredible uh, women such as yourself. And, of course, men who are listening today too to be able yeah. to hear that. I think, um, you know, we never know. As I said, we create the content. Where this goes is, is, is in his hands. And uh, I know that I've certainly been impacted uh, by hearing you speak today too. So thanks again. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for the honor of being here. You've been listening to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. Brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. Changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. That's BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>